Do you know what this song is? Well, <laughs> I mean, maybe, hold on a second. Uh, do you understand the meaning behind this song and what it was uh, supposed to be about? <laughs> I got caught in a one-hit wonder kind of, um, what's the way to put it, rabbit hole. And um, apparently this was just some dude that was trying to impress a girl by being weird. <laughs> that's what that's what John Wozniak, who's the lead singer of Marcy's Playground, said. I got caught up in a what? What is this about? So let's see. There was songs called "Sex and Candy." There was "Teenage Dirtbag" by Weedus, uh, yes. which is which was literally it was about he was a teenage dirtbag featured but, prominently on American Pie. That's right. That's that's. that's I mean, right. probably a good part of why. I don't know why. Maybe it was famous before that or a one-hit wonder or whatever. I don't think it was. It, it, I mean, listen, Wheatus and Marcy's Playground, definitely on the list of one-hit wonders. But don't ever say I don't bring you some non-sports note of the day. Apparently, um, uh, Wozniak said, with most of the songs you hear on the radio, and almost all of them are love songs, and it's just, well, snore. In the 80s, of course, it was even worse. I couldn't turn on the radio back then. Even the heavy metal tunes were crappy. It was his attempt to write a love song with unusual lyrics because a girl told him one time that a room smelled like sex and candy. So there, there is your uh, 90s music hmm. trivia note of the day. I've got a trivia note for you as well. Okay, I'm ready. That song, a part of the original, now, that's what I call music compilation album the very first okay funny side note on that a lot of time at the airport yesterday had a little three-hour layover spent way too much of the raider image got my hair gel and my deodorant but we're good right um i felt there's this instagram on big instagram reels guy right and i was talking about falling down the uh rabbit hole of of one hit wonders right there's this there's this feed that basically just shows you the number one song for the whole, it's like one second for every single time that it was the number one song. So I I fell down that trap. So, I, Josh, if we start music here on this program, we might not ever stop. Right. So do we need to hit the emergency brake, do the turn, and quickly pivot towards the top five stories of the day? Yeah, it's probably time. You you know the you know the phrase. Get back to sports, guy. Is uh, listen very upset. Get back to sports, guy. I thought this was a sports station. Is rattling uncontrollably in my dome. Kyler Murray, Baker Mayfield, Jalen Hurts. And while I don't know, I don't know who's stuck next to me. I don't know who's next to me in my room. Um, like who's next door to me? They're probably like, oh, he's actually talking music for a change. That's better than all this sports stuff I got here. <laughs> um, let's go ahead and get the top five stories of the day, shall we? Hit, hit, here we go. It's time for the top five stories of the day. Brought to you by Newcastle Casino. Newcastle Casino, where real gamers play. Let's go, man. Um, are you ready? Newcastle Casino. Newcastlecasino.com. They bring you our top five stories of the day every single day. Right here on the Ref Sports Radio Network. Newcastle Casino, located off I-44, exit 107. Uh, tons of table games, including blackjack and happy hour. Monday through Friday, 3 to 6 p.m. All right, big story number five. 
number five. NBA equals back. Are you ready? Were you? Can I point this out? I push back and I complain a lot about the week-long break for the All-Star game. It's, it's pointless. In a league that has a problem with guys not playing games, taking a week off in the middle of your season, well, and this isn't even the middle of the season, before the home stretch, like I was literally losing my mind. I was like, this is the dumbest thing ever. But it sure did have me sucked in last night, Josh. I was watching the end of the Thunder game. I was watching the madness between the Grizzlies and the Sixers. I was up late watching the Lakers and Warriors. So I don't know. Do I have to do a 180 here and actually embrace embrace the week-long uh, break for the All-Star game? Why not, you know? <laughs> you got to. Well, we did get everyone talking about Joel Embiid blocking a John Morant dunk. If you stayed up late, you had the – uh, you had the Lakers win over Golden State, who is reeling right now. But, Josh, maybe the biggest frustration was last night. Oklahoma City uh, looked like they had the game in hand. The Jazz made a defensive play. And then in overtime on a controversial call, I think Utah beats Oklahoma City 120-119. to But as it stands now, you know, you're still in a really good position if you're Oklahoma City. Uh, you fall a half game behind Golden State somehow. But you're still right there in the mix. And, yes, the West is stupid because literally you're three and a half games right now out of the four seed if you're Oklahoma City. So I'm not freaking out after over every win or loss quite yet. The um, Thunder lose a tough one last night. They're 5-5 five and five in their last 10. And then, what, later on tonight, 9 p.m. Central time, you get OKC and Phoenix. No Kevin Durant yet for Phoenix. Looks like he'll make his return next week. Anything else from last night? Thunderwise, it caught your eye. Man, it's uh, – I'll be honest with you. I've probably been more dialed out of the NBA than ever before. I, I need to dial in. It's Preach. Just, it's, it's difficult for me because I get so caught up in the, the college stuff that we cover that uh, it's tough for me. You know, I'm, I'm sure I'll be totally enthralled once the postseason comes around. Dude. I'm intrigued to know, uh, you know, whether or not this thing's going to work in Phoenix. I'm fascinated by that. But generally speaking, I watch less than I've ever watched before. And it's not because I don't like it. It's just because I, I love watching college sports. Hey, can I tell you the other thing, and, and this might just be me, is because I've got ESPN on right now, I have no interest in the guys that talk about the NBA on ESPN. I don't care what Kendrick Perkins thinks about it. I'm not a big J.J. Reddick guy. You know, Stephen A. Smith. I, okay, I, I, I like Stephen A. Smith's takes on the NBA. I know that sounds crazy. But it's like I, they don't – and then, you know, you pull in, I think, who is – um oh, gosh, who's the girl that's – the woman, the, the, the lady that's on ESPN this morning. It's like I don't – you know, I, I feel like I get enough Kendrick Perkins. I don't need every time there's an NBA – it's like every time there's a college football story, right? It's like, well, big story, college football. Looks like the uh, the Big Ten is expanding. Here's Paul Feinbaum joining us to dump all over it, Paul. It's like – I. I I feel like there's more people out there that we can get to break this down. I feel like with the NBA, it's like the same two people. And then when they expand their cast, I'm like, I don't want to hear from them either. I like the Thunder people, right? You know what I miss? I miss Antonio Daniels. Oh, man. And he does a, you know, he does a radio show on NBA radio with Rick Kamla. It's really good. Really good. Um, but I'm kind of like you, Josh. 
you know, if, if I'm if I'm up late, last night was one of those few times where I am watching and I am enthralled. Maybe maybe the Lakers being a little bit better potentially might suck me in a bit. Um, the Thunder are fun, man. They're a fun team to watch. But we're so in on football on, on football now. We got college basketball and you know softball is here and baseball is here. You're right. It definitely gets lost in the shuffle for me. So you don't have to apologize. Don't feel bad. Um, big story number four. Number four. Josh Helmer has no time for NFL talk because he's still celebrating a Super Bowl, which he can celebrate for um, still about 200 days, 195 from the start of the NFL season, something like that. Celebration's over, baby. We're back training for another one. (laughs) Listen to me, people. You get back to work. Get back to work. I'm. Uh, we're, we're we're getting the superstitions ready for next season. It's time to go. I'm ready. Okay. Here is um. Here is what we have this morning from the NFL, and it's been a wild morning so far. Um. It looks like somebody either in Seattle or oh, somewhere is is out to continue to submarine old. Uh, Russell Wilson, because the report this morning is that Russell Wilson tried to have John Schneider, the GM, and Pete Carroll fired. And, in fact, he had gone to ownership and said, I want him fired. Ownership got together with, and I think upper management is is how it's phrased. Uh, Upper management got together, and at that moment, they started to do what? They started the trade process. Um, And then there were reports that, I guess he had an office that was on a completely different floor than the rest of the team whenever he was at Denver, and it was just – it was a mess once he got to Denver. So, I mean, again, I'm a little bit perplexed about this coming out, Josh. I think we talked about it. It it doesn't shine a positive light on Russell Wilson. I guess the only thing that it could be is, you know, there is that note in this that his push to Seattle was to do what? Hire Sean Payton. He's like, you need to fire these guys – you need to hire Sean Payton. So, you know, maybe that's part of it. It's try to make him look better. That Hey, they're finally together, so, you know, let's ride, Bronco fans. But it's weird about the timing of it, and I don't really know what the point of it is either. We know Russell Wilson stunk last year. Seattle's vindicated, right? Um, I don't think anyone's shocked by this, but now – you know, last year of this story breaks, that's one thing at this time. But for it to drop now, I don't know, dude. It's just it's it's really weird timing on that front. And again, I'll say what I said earlier. I just don't think that it makes Russell Wilson look good. If it you had, If you had played good football, obviously you wouldn't have been in the market to, to bring Sean Payton in. So, I mean, maybe we never find this out. But just theoretically follow me on this. If you had played good football and the story drops, it's received totally differently. Right. But the, the fact totally that you didn't and you were a malcontent and, according to this, you're working behind the scenes to try and get your head coach fired and everything restructured, people don't take well to that when you don't no. perform well. Look, if you're a star player and you're going out and you're leading offense that's tops in the NFL and scoring or close to, okay, you got some wiggle room. People say, you know what, maybe we should listen to our star quarterback. But when you don't, everybody says, oh, man, why 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 would we listen to this guy? Why would we do what this guy wants? Not any good. Other NFL stories this morning. So true. <laughs> According to a report, 
um, from Jeremy Fowler. The Baltimore Ravens offered Lamar Jackson a contract that would have paid him around $50 million a year. The issue with the offer is that it only included $133 million guaranteed. And Lamar Jackson wants a fully guaranteed contract. I just, I don't think it's happening, Josh. I don't think the NFL is going to suddenly cave and start giving out guaranteed contracts just because Cleveland had to panic and overpay. Just don't see it. But that's one other story. And then there is that third story that we talked about a little bit earlier. Anthony Richardson has gone from, what was our numbers, like 100 to 1 to 7 to 1 mm-hmm. to be the top pick in the NFL draft. Now, again, that to me doesn't mean anything about like what the Bears might do. I think it more is indicative on if the Bears move that pick to Indy or if they have to make a deal with Houston or if they have to make a deal with the Raiders, that that's who they'd be moving up from. Oh, uh, here, here's one more thing, too, from Jeremy Fowler this morning. NFL teams actually do believe that the Giants' Daniel Jones wants $45 million a year. Don't blame him. Um, ask for everything. Get what you're worth. But $45 mil for Daniel Jones seems a wee bit excessive. So, with Lamar Jackson. Go ahead. Theoretically, the Ravens could tag him back-to-back off-seasons? Correct. Now, and, and then there is... I don't know if it's still called the transition tag. I'm sure someone on the Air Comfort Solutions text line will give me the exact terminology. I I think that's what it used to be called. But it would be for a little less money than the actual true franchise tag. And if they give him that second tag, it would also give him the opportunity to shop for deals. Now, the problem would be is the compensation is like two first-round picks. But if I'm... I mean, if I have an offensive coordinator that I'm confident in being able to take advantage of, and I feel like I'm pretty close as a Super Bowl roster, you know, I'm going to find a way to get Lamar Jackson there. Or maybe even if you're Atlanta and you need your, you know, Arthur Smith needs his playmaker, or if you're Vegas and you you need someone that, you know, can be a, a showman. I mean, gosh, who better than Lamar? But, dude, that's if, – if you're only waiting for guaranteed money, I just – I don't think we're going to be in the world, Josh, where fully guaranteed contracts are going to become the norm. And I think you're going to see teams that are like, listen, we'll just we'll risk you sitting out. I mean, we can't do it. It's just everyone hates the Browns for doing it. The Browns had to because Deshaun Watson wasn't going to go there if he didn't get guaranteed money. Well, and, and if that's the hill that Lamar Jackson is going to stand and potentially die on, then he's probably going to have to be great for one or two more seasons before he gets that. I don't think it's totally impossible, Plank, that he can kind of dig his toes in the sand here, draw a line and say, mm-hmm. I am not I am not pivoting on this. We know about his representation, him representing himself, so on and so forth. It's a unique situation, right? But yep. if he stays healthy and he's great for two more years while he's tagged, Somebody eventually is going to come in and probably give him what he wants because somebody somebody out there is going to be quarterback hungry enough to say, you know what? Yes. Yes. Fully guaranteed you're our star quarterback. Star quarterback. It's it's possible, but it it's a risk. Agreed. Agreed. Um, all right. Listen, I could talk NFL all day long. Let's start some big story number three. Number three. Oh. All right. As we have learned, Josh, the uh, OU baseball team 
has had its schedule adjusted for this weekend. So the Sunday game will move from 2 to 1 p.m. 2 to 1 p.m. for the OU baseball game this weekend as they square off oh, hold on, against Ryder, who's coming to town. Sooners coming off a tough midweek loss to uh, Stephen F. Austin, a 4-3 game down in Arlington. So 3 o'clock today, 2 o'clock tomorrow, and then um, 1 p.m. on Sunday. We'll have all those games for you on our flagship in Norman, KREF 1499.3 FM, but OU baseball in action against Ryder this weekend. Big story number two. Number two. Staying on Diamond Sports. It's looking good for for games today. Now, I haven't stepped outside in about two and a half hours, um, but the, the, the clouds have broken up a bit. It is cold here in Palm Springs. Oklahoma will open up play in the Mary Nutter Classic coming up this afternoon at 2.30. And game number one, is against Cal State Fullerton. So Cal State Fullerton at 2.30. That'll be followed by a showdown with Texas A&M. And then tomorrow morning is where I think the real concern starts, weather-wise. Okay, I'm, I, And again, like I said, I've been overly negative about this because I'm trying to reverse jinx it. But tomorrow morning, is it's not looking good. We'll keep our fingers crossed, but OU's got Utah tomorrow morning at 11.30 a.m. That'll be followed by a showdown with LMU. And then on Sunday, the 11.30 a.m. start against UCLA. But for now, it's cold. I've got uh, two hoodies I'm wearing today, Josh. I've got thermal socks. I've got a stocking cap that I'm wearing. It's cold here in Cathedral City, Palm Springs. But Oklahoma, uh, looking good to get both of these games in today. Sooner Radio Network, Soonersports.com slash radio. Uh, where you can find the affiliates, and at OU on the air on Twitter. Make sure you're following there to find all these broadcasts for OU softball and baseball. But, again, 2.30 start today, OU, Cal State, Fullerton. I, I don't know how the games before us are looking time-wise, but I, I think we're in a good shape to, to play two today, which gets us to big story number one. Number one. Number one. Number one. <laughs> All right, it's a big weekend for both Hoops teams. OU men's basketball team taking on Iowa State this Saturday and a big weekend for the Big 12, man. Someone's got to beat Kansas, right? Texas has a tough one against Baylor, but the OU men against Iowa State just to try to get a little bit of momentum and continue to play well. Uh, But all eyes tomorrow, 1 o'clock, on Oklahoma and Texas women's basketball. Looking for a full house, packed crowd, OU versus Texas. We'll kind of recap a little bit about what we learned from the first meeting between these two teams. We talked to Jeannie Baranchek yesterday. Might be able to play a chunk of that. And, um, and then I got a few softball notes kind of held on to here that we'll talk about coming up. Um, we're approaching the bottom of the hour. It's Plank Show. You're listening to the home of Sooner fans, the Ref Radio Network. All right, Plank Show on a Friday. You got any big plans this weekend, Josh? What do you have? Work-wise, you got any shows? So, Norman North and Norman High basketball tonight. Regional play gets underway. Norman North versus Northwest Classen. That is uh, at 6 o'clock, 7.30. Norman High, the boys versus U.S. Grant. So, I've got those two games tonight. And then regional championships. Actually, I'll, I'll pivot over and I'll go to Edmund North on Saturday. So, 2 o'clock and 7 o'clock regional championships for uh, what, what will – Include definitely the Edmund North girls and 
probably a great chance the defending champion as well, Edmund North Boys, will be a part of that regional championship on Saturday as well at 7 o'clock. Um, by the way, there's uh, two things here that kind of cracked me up on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Um, by the way, for the 405, watch the U.S. This is recruiting-wise. I watched the USC video last night, and they said Deuce Robinson is about to sign with them. If so, they pass OU. Any truth to this? Uh, probably. I mean, does that make you think any less about Oklahoma's recruiting class? I, and again, I'm not trying to be smarmy or smartass about it, smart aleck about it, but you know, we're we're in this situation to where I, I mean, it's it kind of. I mean, do you feel concerned about what you've seen and heard so far from those guys that have been brought in to run Brent Venables' defense or? you know, be their, their Jackson Arnold, their quarterback of the future. No, I mean, I just – I like Deuce Robinson a lot. I kind of thought he was waiting to see, Josh, what happened with his draft, stat, the MLB draft. Um, and, I mean, I, I, I don't know what it means ranking-wise. In 15, 20, 30 minutes from now, uh, Parker will be here, and I'm sure he can go more in-depth on it. And I know this might not be a popular take, with so, oh it does okay we say it does I'm just curious no I don't I don't think so I just the recruiting world is so fascinating to me and here's why not in anything bad about the way it's covered or anything of that nature but we're still giving guys ratings while they're like in college like I don't get that and it's and again maybe I need to explain to me like a three year old maybe Travis and Parker and and B Drum need to sit down but it's like oh. Thank goodness, about time out of bar he received his fifth start. I'm like, he's he's on campus. He's a Sooner. I don't, I don't care where our recruiting class is ranked, right? It's like, it, it, it does it make it any less? I mean, it's already, what, top six, top five class. I mean, I just, I don't know, Josh. I, and you know, you're tired of hearing me talk about this, but it's just, to me, it, ratings at this point, bro, they're on campus. Who cares? It's... It's it's time to see what they can do come spring ball, and when uh who's your boy from uh, Mustang whose name I can never remember Jacoby Johnson is that right Thank you yes Jacoby Johnson Look at me Look at me huh Recruiting guru four zero five three two nine nine thousand But like when he gets on campus, right I mean obviously that's a guy that we're not going to see in the spring But you start thinking about some of these guys that aren't here yet, and that's what I get excited about Like I don't It's not a knock I mean I I subscribe to them all as well rivals 24 i mean i'm a little bit more um i'm a little bit more apt to to pump up my guys like parker and and trav and, and b drum so I'm, I'm a little bit more on the 24 7 side of things um but but again i just at, at this point eh, you know what I'm, I'm i'm happy with the guys that are here what's going on in 24 and i feel like i'm very much on an island on that take <laughs> Because on my social media feed, whenever a guy who's currently enrolled in, enrolled in college classes picks up a, a a fifth star or fourth star or whatever, it seems to dominate every single thing that takes place. <laughs> nothing, nothing else matters. And oh, by the way, here's the other thing. It's merely a crystal ball that shifted in from a USC rider towards towards Deuce Robinson going to USC. So um, this is, let's see, who is this dude? Bunglow, 
Blair Angulo switched his uh, commitment. Is, was I not even close? Angulo? Blair Angulo switched his selection to that. So For the deuce is getting loose? Yeah. I think this kid is a fa- – by the way, as far as just dudes that I've watched or at least listened to, it's a fascinating dude, man. Kid that I think if he said he was going to go to the draft would probably be pretty high pick. He's got decisions to make. What South Carolina's in on him, or at least I think they are, Georgia's in on him, would be a good get for USC. But, yeah, I'm, ah, we put this 23 class to bed. <laughs> I'm, I, hey, where's the 25 class at? Let's. I need my updates on that. Well, um, I'm glad you asked. Uh-oh. Are no, you I'm, serious? No, I'm just kidding. Oh. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> it is time to get some 24 commits, though. Come on now. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's, and, and, by the way, I get, I agree 100%. I just get sick of a USC guy asking as if Lincoln is, is the world beater when he's not. Okay. So, I I get the, you're, a little sarcasm there. So, I, I, I get what you're saying. Oh, they got – if they get Deuce Robinson, I guess this pushes them in front of Oklahoma. I'm sorry. Sarcasm doesn't tend to – I guess, translate well to the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Brian with a Y in Tulsa writes, if Daniel Jones is worth $45 million, then I should have been at least a four-star in high school. I, uh, I'm i always real torn on this. I, I know we're getting a little bit away from these softball notes, I promise, but give me two seconds. I want to make sure my neighbors are gone in case I'm talking about them. But um, it's like – you tell everyone to go get there. It's like, get your bag, man. Get paid. Get your money. You show them. And so a Daniel Jones is like, all right, I don't want $45 million. He's like, whoa, wait a minute here. He's going right for a quarterback right now. And the Giants can decide, I ain't paying him that, and move on. But, you know, even with, I mean, Mahomes is the most underpaid quarterback in the league. Because you could probably give him a billion dollars and it still wouldn't be enough. And I ain't lying. That's how good he is. Um, but then it's you, you get into this mindset of, well, you can't take the money a quarterback normally gets because it ruins the whole roster and you can't pay anyone else. Blah, blah, blah. So I, that's always like this back and forth kind of internal battle that I have, Josh. Because I don't – I mean, I don't even know how I feel. If my quarterback's good enough and he wants 40 mil, I'm going to pay him $40 million because that's going right for a good quarterback right now. And guess what? That number is going to continue to go up. If I don't like my quarterback and I feel like I can get better, which is it seems to be what the Raiders have done with Derek Carr, it might end up being with what the the Giants uh, end up doing for Daniel Jones, they do it. (laughs) Sooner Gundy writes, um, it's the going right for a great quarterback, not Daniel Jones. Bro, 45 mil. He's not just the going right for a great quarterback anymore. I think Kirk Cousins, you consider him great? He getting paid. So, I mean, I'm sorry. Deshaun Watson isn't a great quarterback. He's not. Loaded with potential. Incredible talent. A lot of baggage. Look what he's getting. Oh, this is a good one. Plank, what do you mean softball? I thought OU softball was over. Didn't we lose a game? <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. That's fantastic. Yeah, no, I um, I got to be honest with you, Josh. I don't know that I've seen the panic that I kind of expected to see after the loss. I'm, I, I've said this a lot this week. I'm really, really happy that, you know, if, 
maybe if this would have happened later in the season and, and people were a little bit more dialed in, they might be freaking out. And like you said, well, let's, let's wait and see what happens today. <laughs> but I guess the bottom line more than anything else is I think there's still a lot of confidence around here. I haven't seen heads hanging. I haven't seen suddenly, you know, sitting in an airport and people are pointing and yelling at each other. How dare you cost us the Baylor game? I feel like this team is uh, pretty pumped to play this weekend. This, uh, by the way, just one more thing on the the Deuce Robinson deal. Uh-huh. This is a, a good text. If USC gets Deuce, it puts them at number eight for the high school rankings. That passing OU came from USC. Jay on YouTube, who doesn't know how to use the class oh. calculator on twenty four seven. Good. It, I, and you know, I've been trying to dig on this a little bit too. It, it does seem like some of this is like mixing in their transfer portal additions versus strictly the high school athletes. So I I don't know. It's it's tough to say. It gets so convoluted anymore when you start mixing the transfer portal and the, the high school signees. Right. Bottom Which line is Oklahoma matters. had a great class. And, you know, if Deuce Robinson goes to USC, then great. But uh, Oklahoma should feel great about the haul that they brought in. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, Bothroyd, um, he's a guy that instantly, I think, upgrades their pass rush. And we sat here and we, we – listen, we spent our 10 a.m. time on, on football – Talking about Deshaun McCullough and the impact Deshaun McCullough can have. So, I mean, I yeah, I'm, I'm excited about what OU has. I'm not going to complain about it. Mr. Sports gets the last word this segment at 405-329-9000. What's going on, Mr. Sports? How are you? Mr. Plank, Mr. Helmer, let me, let me start off by saying how popular you guys are around my ranch, okay? <laughs> I, I saddled my horse this morning took him out of the stall. He looked up at me and said, are you freaking kidding me? Put me back up and call Plank and Helmer. <laughs> I love that. That's, that's terrific. That's my kind of horse. Right. Now, I want to I want to ask you guys a question, and I'm going to take it off the air because I know you guys are busy and you're about to get out of here. Um, you hear all the time about 247 says, this guy's a five-star. And another recruiting service says, Oh, this same guy, he's a four-star. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, let me preface this by saying, you know, we don't never really know until they hit the field, until they hit the palace. But why do we put so much emphasis on this five-star, four-star, three-star? Because, fellas, you guys know we've seen three-stars come into the palace that probably should have been five-stars. Have a great Friday. Talk to you guys later. Uh, Mr. Sports. This was one of the all-time great – you know, I I think about some of the great fights that I've had with people in the history – I guess now I say my long history of doing sports radio in Oklahoma. And I remember I decided one day, I'm like, you know what? I'm just done with the rating system. I'm done with it all. Let's just – this is stupid. Let's just – let's have a good old-fashioned – Let's get rid of the ratings, uh, rankings. I've never been owned more than I have been um, by callers and <laughs> coworkers. Whenever I was like, I think this is the dumbest thing I've ever seen in my life. We're giving these guys stars, and we're giving these guys a level before they even do anything in college. But it was just the most overriding, no, it matters, and it matters because of this, and it matters because it sets the precedent of the kind of athlete and you know, these people work hard to make sure it's not just something where they're guessing and they're not doing it based on um, how they think they're going to be. They're doing it about the talent that they are. And so, 
I just have always kind of accepted that it's a part of the college football and college baseball and college softball and college basketball and the college world that never really been high on my radar. Um, you know, Pastor Adam, Adam Starling, was someone who really got me back into the recruiting game quite a bit a couple of years ago, uh, and I'm fascinated by it, and I feel like I learned something. We've got we've had great coworkers for the longest time that live, eat, and breathe recruiting, and I know there's a lot of you people that do. I mean, Rivals is an empire. 24-7 Sports is an empire. On3 is building an empire on your passion for recruiting. That's their biggest – I mean, I, it's always been – it's never really been my bag, baby, but it's just it's something that absolutely, positively is um, it, it is always going to be incredible, and in the response and the reaction to it. So, I mean, just from from my perspective, Josh, I don't really have a good answer for him, Mister Sports, except to say it's very popular and it's not going anywhere anytime soon. And we need we need a way to try and have any sort of an idea of okay what are these teams adding and in some cases in some cases it makes folks look brilliant and in other cases obviously there's there's a big miss on whether it's somebody's highly undervalued plank right. or somebody's honestly overvalued sometimes it's just it really sometimes boils down to exposure how many guys spend the money to go to seven on sevens and camps because there's only so many places recruiting experts can go, right? There's only so much time that everybody has. And if you're a kid that's only going to play high school football and you play high school football, I don't know, in uh, a state that's not very populated, and oh, by the way, you don't play in one of the state's largest classes, you're going to find yourself under the radar. The greatest high school player I ever saw was Lawson Giddens. I mean, I thought, this is me, right? And and you got to remember, I came from flyover country, even more so than what people claim Oklahoma is. I'm a hayseed from a small town, and my idea of a great high school football player was uh, my m- one of my buddies, Michael Pratt. But whenever I started covering high school football, um, to give you an idea of how old your boy is, the very first game I ever covered was – Matt Holiday and Stillwater coming to Jinx to play in the first round of the playoffs. I think there was a one and a nine before that game as far as years are concerned. But Bishop Kelly played, I think it was McAllister. And I saw this new name, Lawson Giddens. And I was like, this dude is legit. And then I could never understand why it's, you know, like for me, oh, like, this is a five-star guy. Right here. This is a right now. I, I think Lawson passed away not too long ago. This isn't anything negative about him. It's just, what I saw with my eyes was like, this dude deserves all the stars. This is a 10-star. And I don't know, what was maybe three, maybe a four-star guy. But I'm always, I mean, I would love to sit in and just understand the process and go, what are you seeing here? What's wrong with that? How, how come this looks incredible to me? What's he doing wrong? Just because when it comes to the overall valuation of it, I mean, you can't see everything, and everyone's going to have a different opinion. So, I, yeah, I, it's not going anywhere. It's not going anywhere. But it's a good question. Quick break. Um. Got some good text to get to next right here on The Ref. Come with me now. Come with me right. now. Welcome back into the Plank Show. I feel like we're way off the clock. I blame you guys uh, for this. With Josh Helmer, I'm Chris Plank. It's Plank Show right here on the home of Sooner fans. Uh, 
I mentioned a couple of little notes that I had for softball. So let me let me drop those real quick. As Coach had mentioned, it is seeming more and more likely like Hannah Core's season is done. Now, again, it's it's nothing official yet. She still has a chance to maybe get back later in the season, and she's on this trip. Uh, so Hannah Core, who has a um, a lot of I think potential and a lot of promise. And I, I think there's a reason why you would hear, Hey, she could potentially medical red shirt, but um, so that's, that's interesting in that she's not going to be available and she's still around. So that to me, long way to get there and I'll spit it out eventually shows that this team is still very much invested in her. So I think that's a big deal. Number two, Quincy Lilio still not quite 100%, but I think you're going to see more of her this weekend. That's um, It's been my, my, my player to watch, essentially, Josh, all season long. And, you know, it was, it was interesting. I don't, I don't think Coach Rocha would mind me sharing this, but I'm, I'm sitting there last night, and we're, we're riding back from the airport, and I'm just – I'm kind of in awe of what our pitchers have done out of the gates. And – I'm kind of brag. I'm asking about a few people, and she looked dead set at me, and she's like, "Not where we need to be yet." And I was like, "It's like one bad half inning." She goes, "Yeah, they're we're getting there, but not where we need to be yet." And I don't know why, Josh, it got me like really fired up, you know. In that here, here's all of us that are, you know, hey, this is great. Look at how they're rolling. We've got a couple no hitters already. Things are cooking. And here's the pitching coach. It's like ah, we got a long way to go. I probably shouldn't say a long way to go. We got a ways to go. So. I know they're very high on Kirsten Deal. I think that's a captain obvious thing. But she still has a lot to learn. And I think she's got a chance to be really, really special. But, but, right now this is all about, hey, is, is Jordy where she needs to be? Is this um, overall staff executing to the level they need to execute? And, you know, we all feel good about the way things have gone with Nicole May. But it was incredibly reassuring to me to hear the head coach, or excuse me, the pitching coach go, yeah, you know, we got a little bit of, we got some room. We got some areas we got to get better. And no one is expecting you to be spiking the ball before, you know, you even get to midfield or tearing down goalposts before the game. But to be excited about the season and, and what the pitchers have done is justified. But the coach is not. And and I think that's – pick my words carefully – not that she's not excited, but she's not satisfied with what she's seen yet. And that fired me up for this pitching staff because I think we all feel the same way, Josh. It is just loaded with potential for the Sooners in 22, uh, 23. No doubt. Yeah, absolutely. And when it starts with Jordy Ball and Nicole May, you feel good. And then all of a sudden you you add deal yeah. to that equation and you're in a pretty good spot. You brought in Starocco. Yeah. Sure. Feel really good about it. Okay, um, listen, let's get caught up. I, I, I hope those are some notes that we helped this weekend. I think you're going to see the Sooners stay pretty strong with uh, Jada 1 and Tiara 2, but I think that 3, 4, and 5 spot in the lineup is going to be mixed up quite a bit. I think you could see Hanson batting cleanup. I think you could see Grace Lyons batting fifth. I think you could see them maybe experiment with Jocelyn Erickson in that three-hole. I think it's going to be a fun weekend to see what the Sooners do with their lineup. Uh, we'll put a wrap on this edition of the Plank Show next. All right, Josh, developing story. You guys know me. I'm a sucker for TV rights conversations. So here we go quickly. According to Brett McMurphy, Apple, Apple TV Plus, however, Apple TV, whatever, 
Apple still has not made a formal offer for the Pac-12's media rights. But Ion Television has emerged as a potential Pac-12 partner. Ion TV, which I've never heard of before, is owned by the Scripps Company, which has 61 local TV stations nationwide and launched Scripps Sports this year. Are you familiar with Ion TV? Not really, no. I mean, it's it does. I mean, obviously, it's not CBS or Fox. No, or... no. But I, I I will say to the um, to the Pac-12's defense, watch out. Everyone laughed whenever Fox took the NFL rights. It's like <laughs> the NFL is going to Fox, the station with the Simpsons. <laughs> That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. So. I'm not saying the Pac-12 is going to do for Ion TV what the NFL did for Fox, but I'm not ready to just dismiss someone. I mean, listen, they're they're desperate for for someone to take their uh, their games. They're desperate for someone to take their package. And if you know you have an upstart that says, "Hey, we're starting the sports division," why not? I'm kind of surprised like Stadium hasn't tried to get involved with this. And then there's this: the text of the day comes to us from Kindle, who writes. Guys, are you concerned about Brent Venables not being able to read his script for the spring game video? I'll take it off the air. I won't lie. I I, I got a pretty good chuckle out of that. If you haven't seen it yet at OU underscore football, Coach Venables keeps talking about the spring game being at 11 a.m. And, like, no coach is at 2.30 or 2 o'clock, 2.30, whatever it is. And and every single time he he says 11 a.m. It's pretty well done. Pretty well done. And, Kendall, yes, I know you're joking. Josh, have a great weekend. Have a great call. Have a good time, man. We got to do a full show today. How about that? I love it. Hey, you too. Boomer Sooner, my friend. Weather looks good for our 231st pitch. Steelman and Thune at noon are next.